Good afternoon. Welcome to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. It is a Monday before report day. And typically on a Monday, we do get a little bit of over weekend reaction. But how much of that is really in place? Or is it more? A lot of pullback that we saw in today's grain trade because of the report that we have coming out at 11 o'clock tomorrow. We're going to get all those details today. As Mike Zuzalo is joining us, he's with Global Commodity Analytics. And, and Mike, Let's start there. The pullback, can we blame it all on tomorrow's report? I think in part we can. I think because of the fact that we've seen the dollar jump, there's there's been several things that have really, you know, catapulted us up towards $14 in the overnight trade uh, in lead month and in March soybeans and, and catapulted us up closer to $12 in the new crop November beans. Two of them are looking shaky at this point, and I think the report's going to help us understand how important they're going to be or not going to be. One is the weather. Uh, we are starting to see a break in the weather, even though the La Nina bulls are still really serious about hanging on to their long positions. If you ask me, Susan, as the uh, oscillation index they watch continues to make new highs, which suggests a strengthening uh, La Nina pattern, we are starting to see quite a bit of rainfall come into both Brazil and Argentina. And uh, what I've seen so far has been a, a real nice dose of rain for south central and southeastern Brazil and about 50% of Argentina, 60% of Argentina's crop belt. We're still looking dry in Mato Grosso, Mato Grosso de Sul, uh, Brazil, and also about 40 to 50% of the Pampas regions kind of west and north of Buenos Aires and, and north of Buenos Aires province. And, and yet the models are depicting some relief for Brazil, especially northern parts of Brazil, especially. So that's number one. I think number two uh, that, that has maybe calmed this market back down a little bit is the question of whether we've rationed enough demand. Because let's face it, demand has slowed down. Weekly export sales pretty weak uh, across the board, but especially in the soybeans this past couple, three weeks. Uh, we're seeing ethanol margins get hurt more and more. Uh, we're seeing dressed weights drop again. The uh, fat cattle weights on the dressed basis were down another three pounds uh, this past week versus last week. Hogs down a pound. Um, we're seeing also the uh, managed money positions in the corn market eclipse where they were on net long positions for the corn, uh, hitting 300, almost 350,000 net long positions of futures and options. Uh, the peak back in late August of 2012 was just under 343,000 contracts. So several other things that I could mention, but I think demand is starting to waver, and I think maybe the report's going to help us understand whether the supply side has been cut enough, that weather is still very much in play, or whether supply is not cut as much as we would like or as much as the pre-trade estimates, and it suggests then we don't have as much demand to have to worry about rationing. Want to rewind a little bit as you talk about the weather in South America. This was kind of a, a make or break, from what I understand, type of rain that came through for many. It was because about, I would say, roughly 60 to 70 percent of the soybean crop and a good chunk of the um, first crop uh, corn uh, really had to get rain before the end of January and, and especially during this middle part of January we're going into because that's when the real heat sets in and that's where Brazil and Argentina are quite a bit different and I think this is where to me even though the funds are still 
uh, at record levels in managed money positions for corn. When I look at the price of Chinese corn futures versus the price of U.S. futures uh, and, and look at the Gulf price of U.S. corn versus what cash corn's trading in China, and then look at what Argentina's up against when it comes to their corn production potential, um, I still see the corn market as a better uh, supportive feature, especially new crop corn. I've talked a lot to clients in the last week or two about the idea that we are still in need of buying corn acres for new crop, especially with us reaching ever closer to $12 new crop beans. Does that mean November beans drop or does that mean December corn rallies? Uh, this is where I think tomorrow's reports, especially the quarterly grain stocks reports, will give us a really strong sense of whether that spread in the corn is uh, that has been just so powerful uh, is is worthy of being maintained or whether we cool back down and we pull the, the premium out of the front end March and move it back into the December. Now there is a true tell sign that spring is around the corner when we start talking corn versus bean acres and in how the markets are reacting. Yeah, and you bring up another big point, and this is why I'm more of a hedger at these price levels. Not only have we gone straight up in, a, in what I call a parabolic move or almost a vertical climb higher, where historically, Susan, we cut the demand off at the knees when we do that. We did that in 07, 08. We did that in 2012. And in, to a lesser degree, we did that in 96, but 96 was more of a demand-led market, in my opinion, where you had a more of a 45-degree angle climb or ascent in prices. I'd like to get that type of market back. That's probably where I'm one of the biggest contrarians right now um, to the rest of the trade analysts out there is I feel like this market move, this past 30 to 60 day move, has been supply driven, not demand driven. And I say that with Brazil getting ready to harvest. So not only are we getting ready to plant, but the Brazil is also getting ready to harvest. That's a supply side issue. You talked about the ethanol margins as well and, and the softness that's there. Are we going to see that continue? In the, in the weeks I'm to come? I'm sorry, see what continue? The, the, the softness in the ethanol market and the margins. Yeah, I'm afraid, I'm afraid we will as long as the demand stays good at the export market and the farmers hold tight when it comes to not letting much old crop corn go. Uh, I do think that this is part of the issue because the, the Department of Energy and the USDA came out with some pretty fresh numbers, and Department of Energy came out last week and said, 2020 unleaded demand overall in the United States was down 8.5% year, year over year. All product demand, whether it's distillates or diesel or unleaded, all 2020 demand for the products was down 12%. We have a lot more coming up. It's the Fontenelle Final Bell. Welcome back to the Fontenelle Final Bell here on the Rural Radio Network. I'm Susan Littlefield. We're continuing our conversation with Mike Zuzalo. He's with Global Commodity Analytics. And before we switch over to the happenings of the livestock side, a couple more questions on grains, and one has been basis. What are you hearing for corn and beans, what the basis is at in the countryside? Well, I think it really depends on where you're at, Susan. If you're near livestock uh, intensive areas, it's going to stay very, very strong. And in corn specifically, if you're near ethanol areas and a livestock area, I'm starting to hear more difficulty getting dry distiller's grains uh, in the deferred contracts as you get closer to the springtime market. And so that's going to throw back the demand into corn, into milo. And, and in our area, I haven't checked in the last few days, but we still had cash milo prices about a dollar over cash corn prices. And so that's just going to keep the cash basis for corn that much higher. 
this all goes back to why I feel like overall we need to really buy some corn acres, especially if we stay near $11.50, $12 in new crop beans when it comes to the crop insurance uh, uh, base price that you may get in February. That's going to just be a terrific incentive, especially if you can do a writer of some of those private contracts where you can go up to 90 or 95%. Uh, insured on soybeans that that is really easy to do especially when you're not so sure about what your fertilizer costs and your diesel costs are going to be this spring because we're just not sure how quick we're going to come out of covid some good news and i want to talk about covid here in a second but this deals with the grains perspective i saw a report this morning the missouri river levels are going to be able to handle um what 2021 throws at them with you know the spring thaw when it comes it sounds like they've got things lowered just enough that flooding isn't at this point knock on wood going to be a big issue yeah and this is a big point you bring up is that you're not going to have flooding because you're actually got some areas against the missouri river and against the mississippi rivers that are near drought or are almost on the verge of being in a drought situation and this is where the la nina bowl is a big player here this year and that's what scares me so much as far as if i'm right about this being a supply driven a weather driven market um if the la nina does give way and all of a sudden we start seeing a lot of precip in the month of february and early march all of a sudden the bulls that are talking about very dry illinois farm ground very dry iowa eastern iowa farm ground very dry nebraska farm ground all of a sudden that goes away right before we plant um, that's going to take a lot of wind out of the sails historically anyway it does uh, when it comes to what kind of price we're looking at so i I really want to focus in on for clients and subscribers what the la nina is doing after we get these report numbers so let's jump over to the livestock side you and i were talking about this during the commercial break was current but kind of starting to slow down a bit on the slaughter if we look to where we were a year ago we had no clue what was in front of us when it came to slaughter rates and now to know that covid19 vaccines are going to be coming to meat packing processing plants near you is a good thing for this market it is i mean i think that's been one of the things that has held up the market though too susan is the fear by the end user whether they're domestic end users in the supply chain or global end users uh, in china for instance or in other southeast asian countries that maybe are battling bird flu or african swine fever or some other virus or just flat out worried about the labor pool because of covid and worried about getting some extra needs bought forward so they can get it on the water and get it moving towards them so they're not caught during the spike without product. And I think this is one of the hardest things about 2021 as we go into the first part of the year. It's going to be the hardest for me that I can remember in many, many years. And that's why I really want to get an idea of what the supply side is doing in the grains. As far as the meats go, um, we're on the right track because we don't have to worry as much about demand being pulled forward here this last six months. Uh, If we see the weights go down, which we are, and we start to see the production numbers, the the herd numbers uh, peak and start to go down as well, both cattle and hogs. So I'll be breathing a lot easier as we get into March, April, May about needing to hedge cattle or hedge hogs. I feel as though the second half of calendar year, I'll be able to do a lot more risk in the cash market and be able to just move my marketings without getting hedges in place. Real quick, are we able to stay current, do you think, on the weights for these cattle? 
I think we are since some of the prices have been coming down in, uh, in terms of retail prices that I've started to see come down. Um, and I think we're also going to see a, a continuation of dress weights going down, especially if we can't break above 110 or 112 on fats. That just There's no incentive to feed $5 corn for 110 or $112 steer. Sounds good. Now, real quick here, top thing you want folks to remember, post report tomorrow. Well, the top thing to remember is whether it's a supplier-driven market, and I think that we've hit that pretty good. The other thing that's really been on the ball as far as been an accurate piece of analysis is do we continue with this weaker dollar, stronger crude oil market and keep those outside investors on board with commodities or not? Because I've got some buy signals in the dollar, but I'm not going to take them too seriously until I get past middle of this week. All right, Mike. Best way for folks to get a hold of you. Best ways to go to globalcomresearch.com. That's globalcom with two M's, research.com. Sign up for a trial or just write me a note. Give me your phone number and I'll give you a call. All right. That's the Fontenelle Final Bell brought to you by Fontenelle Hybrids and all your local dealers on the Rural Radio Network.